Greetings, everyone. This is Atma Boda. Today is January 23rd, 2022. The title of today's podcast is episode 56, How the Innate Motives of Your Mind and Heart Lead You to Your Cosmic Identity. The written portion begins now. Not everything natural is good for you. Natural poisons exist. This is the purpose of discernment. To discern is to recognize the difference between healthy and unhealthy. Just as not all plants are healthy for you, so also not all ideologies are healthy for you. This includes spiritual ideologies. The group doesn't come first before the individual. Fish don't swim in schools when threatened to protect the group. Each fish is only looking out to save their own butt. They are not forced to comply with this group formation by any government authority. They are choosing based on their own individual and instinctual self-interest. This is true of all animals. No animal puts the group ahead of themselves, except in the insect world, and even then they do what is in their DNA to do. They don't need to be compelled or reminded by some outside authority. There are those in modern society that want us to conform like robots. These ideas of good and bad must come within the individual. Diversity is wonderful because we each have different likes and dislikes. The ultimate can appreciate the best in all things. So even if there is a one in a billion chance that someone can relish even the worst stench and love it, God through that person loves it too. We each can be an expression of God on earth and the closer we can remove the limitations of our minds and receive this empowerment from the highest, the more we can be true to our individual authenticity. How the mind reacts to the external is less about materialism and more about the nature of the mind. The mind exists in the place between the physical and the spiritual. Thus, the secret to liberating the mind is best coached in concepts it can understand. Those who are materially successful are often the most idealistic. Why do people want wealth? They want to live the life of their dreams, the most ideal life. Why are places like VR chat popular? Because they can live a more idyllic fantasy. When they think that they can't get something that they want from the outside life, they turn to virtual life or computer games or books, or movies. This is not a rejection of spirituality, but a misunderstood affirmation of it. The deeper into the material world you get, the more money you get, and the more you want nicer things. Nicer just means more ideal. And this innate yearning for the ideal is the mind's way of seeking for absolute truth. 
To see the one living truth in all things is to see how various beliefs and ideologies have commonalities that are governed by the nature of the mind itself. It is natural for you to want to pursue excellence. We choose that which we perceive as the wisest or most excellent or most pleasurable or most powerful thing to do. These concepts can oppose each other and you can separate them or you can recognize that they all are aspects of the highest truth and the reason your mind finds any of these concepts attractive is in its inherent nature to seek truth. Selfishness with a capital S is good, with a small s is bad. Not because this selfishness is bad for others, but because it is bad for yourself in that it reinforces a limited understanding of who you are. Evil hates being inferior, so it will lie and puff itself up and try to make itself look as wonderful as possible. All evil can do is lie, because the truth is superior to any evil. The following analogy can help put physical reality in proper context. There's an ancient primordial wager between God and the devil. The devil told God that if it was able to have all the power to create temptations and sensual amusements, that he could make humans forget their own divinity. God disagreed and told the devil that the bet was on. Now, coming towards the end of this bet, God said that humanity will all choose truth in the end, not because of external reasons, but because of the commonality that exists within the heart of each person. With each heart yearning for love and each mind yearning for truth, the power of the materialists will be defied and a new kingdom will be created. In this way, darkness is defied and humanity is deified. Thus concludes the written portion of today's podcast. And so let's go into a deep dive of this, how the innate motives of your mind and heart lead you to your cosmic identity. Well, first of all, what is your cosmic identity? As you probably know from previous podcasts, that is when you are reaching the deepest, most authentic part of you, which exists deep within your core. And this is unlocked by the ultimate truth as a supreme conscious entity that can enter a mind prepared to receive such an empowerment. And in turn, your heart is awakened and you're able to experience new depths within your own consciousness. And part of preparing your mind is to accept the highest, the best, and the most excellent. Just like in nature, you don't want to just eat anything that you see that's green because it could be poisonous. The same thing is true with your mind and your spirituality. You want to be careful and guard your mind and be sure that only the purest thoughts can enter it and that your motivations remain pure. And a good symptom of that is are you experiencing any worldly desire? 
Are you f- experiencing an incompleteness whereby you feel that you can't be complete unless you have something external? Now, of course, this is not to be confused with hunger and different basic necessities like that. But once you are able to live at, at, at least in a state of being able to take care of yourself um, with basic needs, then everything else becomes an illusion. If you're not in a state of bliss, you're succumbed to a delusion because you have convinced yourself that you can't be happy unless X, Y, and Z is met. And there could be a whole host of reasons for that. Maybe you want to have a family and find a wife and have kids. Maybe you want that promotion at work. Maybe you want to travel the world. I mean, not every desire that you have is necessarily a bad thing. It's only when you allow that to interfere with your own happiness because you can attain every desire you want without actually experiencing desire. If when you, In fact, if you have love in your heart all the time and you're experiencing bliss all the time, that makes your job easier. That makes it easier for you to get promotions. That makes it easier for you to find the wife of your dreams. So in mastering desire, you're not giving up anything. In fact, you're giving yourself an advantage and making it easier for you to attain your goals. And that is a misconception. People think, well, I feel desire, so it must be important. There must be a reason that I have desire in my heart. And I don't want to give up something that could possibly have a purpose. And that's a valid point. But you must ask yourself, have, have you experienced love? Are you experiencing love right now? Would you like to? Don't you think that a woman would be more would find you more attractive if she regarded you as a loving person. The same thing is true for a woman. Don't you think a man would want to marry you or at least have an interest in you more if he regarded you as a loving person? Pets, for example, (laughs) dogs and cats. Why are they so popular? Why do people love them so much? Because they are loving. And they are affectionate and they are not shy about showing their love and their affection. And the same thing is true with humans. Us humans, we can be that same way and we can win friends just as easy as your dog can. The trick, of course, is opening your heart and trusting yourself enough to open your heart. And trusting truth, of course, is a secret weapon in being able to keep your heart open. But also in today's podcast, we mentioned about the group versus the individual. And again, groups are not supposed to have the priority to protect itself. It's all about protecting the individual. And that goes back to the age of chivalry and the code of conduct for knights. Groups are should be about protecting the weak and the oppressed. And that's not about, oh, let's protect these endangered groups. No, it's about protecting the endangered individual. Individual is always going to be more diverse than a group. And maybe the powers that be and certain political interests may want to keep things separated and segregated into groups because groups are easier to control than individuals. Each group in turn can try to get the individuals within that group to conform to their set ideology. And what that does is it takes you away from your own individuality. When you are 
looking for acknowledgement or appreciation or validation from a group or anything external, what you're doing is you're giving power to that external thing, whether it be a group or whatnot. Ideally, you want to come from an internal place where you don't need external validation because your inner experience is always going to be superior to whatever external validation that you can receive. And it's the difference between being a leader and being a follower. What do followers do? I mean, if there's an important role for followers, and if you just want to be a follower in life, yes, you can be a follower in life, but the greatest rewards come with leadership. When you can be a role model for others and you can be living the example of what others could do for themselves, then you are inspiring and awakening the hearts of others. And there's an old saying that says that true happiness is found by making others happy. And there's a lot of truth in that. The more happiness you bring to other people, the more happy you also become. But I was engaged in a discussion on Reddit and someone said, well, what if there's one guy that loves really stinky smells? Are you saying that God cannot be loving of stinky smells? And my response to that was, hey, even if there's a one in one billion person individual that just loves stench, God is so diverse and great that it can appreciate even the foulest smells through that one individual. And that's the power of being an individual. It's that we are not all the same, that we have our likes and dislikes. And that's part of what makes life so beautiful. And to unlock our inner uniqueness is to remove the limitations of our minds because that can help unlock the potential of the heart and empower you and give you the energy that you need to achieve in your life that which you never even thought possible. You can become more of a person than you think you are. Every limitation, every weakness that you can see within yourself can be removed through this higher experience. And when you start removing these limitations through incorporating these absolute truths deeply ingrained within your being, you start discovering more strengths about yourself. And instead of focusing on your weaknesses, you're focusing on your strengths and life becomes more of a celebration of this uniqueness. And the more you also can see what's amazing about yourself, the more you can see what's amazing about everyone else. And that brings us to another point is that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants something better. They want to see a better movie. They want to read a better book. They want to play a better computer game. They want their children to do better at school. They want to find the best life partner that they can find in their life. Every human is hardwired to seek excellence. And what does that mean? That means each individual is hardwired to seek the most excellent of all things, which is the greatest, most absolute truth. That is what 
every mind secretly craves. Everyone is our truth seekers in disguise. They may outwardly appear to be materialistic or be lost in their desires and pleasure seeking. But why does that occur? Because the mind is looking for something that it hasn't found. And once it finds it, once it finds this higher truth, it has arrived and it calms down. It becomes peaceful. Your life becomes blissful. Every second of every day becomes an ecstatic experience. Suffering vanishes from your life and it's replaced by feelings of love and euphoria and celebration and all of these wonderful positive characteristics. And that's what everybody wants. And so when I'm up here talking and, and about these truths on the podcasts, I feel a bit like Santa Claus. It's like you have this gift that you know everybody wants and they just don't know that they want it yet. But that, that doesn't mean that the reality that, that there's part of them that wants this isn't true because that is the truth. Everybody wants to be inspired all the time. Why not? That's why people play computer games. They want that adrenaline rush. That's why people take drugs that they want to have that pleasurable experience. That's why sex is so popular, right? Because it feels good. It gives you that release. It gives you that orgasm. And that is also the same motivation that will want to keep you in that experience of ultimate truth. Because once you cross that threshold of illumination and once you taste that higher nectar, that ambrosia, that amrita, you're not going to want to stop. You're going to become like a spiritual drug addict. You're going to want to keep staying in that bliss and bring it with you all the time, wherever you go, whomever you meet, whoever you talk to, you're going to want to experience that bliss. And more than that, you're going to want to share it. You're going to want others to also experience this amazing feeling. And the great thing about this is it doesn't require any sacrifice on your part as an individual. This isn't a religion that requires all kinds of rules. You don't need to pray X times per day. You don't need to attend any sort of sermon once a week. You don't need to follow any laws or commandments. However, of course, you naturally want to do good in your life because that's just the natural way to be. But enlightenment is not about taking anything away. It's about removing your limitations. It's about removing what's holding you back, not restrictions, but making you free, removing those chains that bind you. And evil knows that it can't compete. And it's always been jealous of goodness because it knows that once people's eyes are opened to reality, they will see the inferiority that chasing after worldly desires and the temporary pleasures that it gives you. It can't compete with the eternal pleasure, the pleasure that never ends, that's continuously with you and empowering you to be the ultimate version of who you are. And that's the entire purpose of this podcast is to bring you to that place. And that's why we have ways to communicate socially via divinity.com. But this is time to sign off. Until next time, this is Atma Boda. Have a fantastic day.